New Yorkers get a bad rap uh, being uh, don't have time for people. You know, they, and we have misconceptions here too. I mean, we think New York, we think of the big city. Yes, but we're not talking big city, no, New York in, City here. Yeah, we're north of New York City, but and it's a lot. It reminds me of East Tennessee in a lot of ways. Um, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> the fishing's really good. I'm yeah. not going to kid you there. You know, have you got fly fishing? I have been fly fishing for the last two years, and oh, I I'm hooked. Oh, I wished I had done it sooner. Welcome to this edition of Mid South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure. To get together, as always, with our Bot Radio Network listeners, whether you're listening in the Memphis and Mid-South area or via the online stream that we provide or catching one of our videos on YouTube or Facebook, it's always great to get together with our listeners, share about the uh, kingdom work that God's up to, whether it be here in Memphis or in New York State, with which we want to take you today. First, want to say a special thanks to my good friend, Steve Markham, who's the mission's pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church. This week, as we record our program, Bellevue is in their annual missions conference. And it's always an exciting conference. They have missionaries that come from all over the world, take part in this week and share their work, many that the church is supporting. And it's exciting just to get these missionaries in and up close and personal and get a chance to meet them. You know, many churches today, I don't know if they, about their missions programs, but oftentimes you don't actually see a face, a missionary at a church uh, as much as you did when I was younger. But it's great to have these missionaries and their families that are serving our Christ to come and to meet them. Derek Duncan is the lead pastor at Living Water Church up in LaGrangeville, New York. And he's a homeboy. He knows what Memphis barbecue is all about. Memphis barbecue. He knows it. The only thing that some people might have a little issue with is the fact that he went to Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Hey, Derek, it's good to have you here today. When did you get in town? Uh, we just arrived back in town on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Okay. So we, uh, my wife and I came back for the missions conference, and it's just always good to come back home. Now, you and your wife, Dana, are both from this area, right? Well, Dana moved here from Indiana back in college, and we met while I was going to Ole Miss, and she was going to Memphis, University of Memphis, Memphis State, back in the day. And uh, we got married and lived in Memphis uh, all my life up until about 10 years ago. Okay. Talk about backstory of growing up in Memphis, yeah. uh, what your dad yeah. did, family. Raised in church, um, you know, as far back as I know, Christians and my parents and grandparents and great grandparents and uh, we were very involved in church growing up and after I got out of college we were going to Witten Memorial Baptist Church over off of Macon Road is where I grew up. Now, is that when Jack May was pastor? No, that was before that. That was Brother before Jack. J. E. Tanksley was my pastor okay. and many people probably know him. Yes, but I guess Jack was kind of interim later interim though. That's right. right. Yep. So we were there and just really you know growing and learning in our walk with God, and uh, my wife was saved there, and I was saved there as a, a young boy, and um, and then we ended up over going to Bellevue later on, and it was there that God really began to work in my life. I grew up working with my dad, uh, Bill Duncan, Duncan Masonry Company, yeah. and uh, was in construction and uh, laying brick and doing all that. And my dad had a great influence in my life as a Christian businessman, and he went on his first mission trip when I was in the seventh grade. And I always remember um, he went with a group of guys to Honduras to build a church, and I always said I wanted to go on a mission trip and lay blocks is what I've always wanted to do. Well, in 93, Bellevue took a trip to Teofilo Tony 
with Wade and Barbara Aikens, which you may know them. Mm-hmm. It was there that God really showed me that he had a future for me in doing ministry. So I began to go more and more, and at Bellevue gave us the opportunity to really serve the Lord through missions. And we got real involved in international missions and teaching Sunday school, and I served as a deacon and ended up serving as the missions committee chairman at Bellevue. Wow. wow. You know, Derek, it's so important. I really believe going back to the church, of course, we're mandated, you know, to go into all the world. That's the commission of the church, you know, preach, teach the gospel, mm-hmm. baptize in the name of the Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we know Matthew 28 that gives that instruction. That's what we're supposed to do as mm-hmm. a church. And so I like what you're saying here, the environment that you were in of missions. So important. When I was back in Bible college here in Memphis, there were always missionaries coming and sharing oh, yeah. their stories, you know. And so for young people and for anybody, actually, to be around that is so vital. And that's really how my wife and I got interested Mm -hmm. in Transworld Radio, because it was connected to the type of interest I had. And isn't it neat how God uses those things that we connect with? Right. Connect us to the ministry to serve him more. Yeah. And you realize how important it is as a parent to lead your children uh, in the ways of the Lord. And I see how my great-great-grandparents led great-grandparents and parents, and now me, and now my kids and grandkids. And it's a generational effect to to follow the Lord and to know that what you're doing has impact for generations to come. And it's so important that we do that as parents and lead the way. One of the places that you've been in South America, I noticed, was Nicaragua. My son went with a singles ministry at Bellevue several years back, Mm -hmm. fell in love with his translator, got married, lived there for a couple of years. And so I have a heart for Nicaragua, having met the people and seen the country. So tell me about what you did there. I've only been to Nicaragua once. We went with Bellevue. We built a church way out in the country outside of Managua. We went as a group there. My son actually went with me on that trip. And um, I think, though, however, we spent the most time uh, split between Brazil and Uruguay. And so a lot of construction at the beginning of my season of ministry in South America. But as the time went on, we became involved in doing the passion play down in Uruguay. Uh, with Dr. Whitmire. With Dr. Whitmire. Well, we, you know, he was just in the studio the other day. And oh, that program's going to air real soon here. Yeah. Uh, he and Luke Whitmire, I think Luke played yes, Christ. Yes, he did. And in, so in, we had a dream and a vision of being able to take that talked with Brother Jim about it, and he also had that same vision of being able to take the Passion Play to South America. And we just teamed up, Dana, my wife, and I, and Brother Jim, and a missionary named Chris Ingram, who since has passed away. But we took that Passion Play to South America down to Uruguay many times, and it continues to be done now with the the nationals there in Uruguay. So. God has really blessed the work that we've seen, and it just has so motivated us to even want to do more. Talk about this transition, because this is the early days of construction Mm -hmm. that you were talking about, laying the bricks. By the way, I've always been an admirer of bricklayers. I think it's a pretty (laughs) neat art and skill to be able to do that. But you went to seminary. Yeah, went to Mid-America. We thought we were going to be missionaries in South America, so I was on a career missionary path to to go and find a career, you know, secular job in a ministry field. And uh, we were thinking South America. So went to Mid-America, studied there for about a year and a half. And um, we tried to pursue that as through the International Mission Board. But God had shut those doors. We began to just 
say, well, you know, if that's not what we're supposed to do, we're going to keep serving the Lord and be faithful to what he's put before us. And um, as time went on, we felt that God was definitely calling us to full-time ministry. So we began to look and think about, you know, is it as a missions pastor somewhere? And we waited and waited and waited, and God never opened those doors. And then uh, Brother Steve Markham uh, told me about, uh, some training in Nashville for um, uh, directors of missions. And I didn't really understand what that job was about, but I went to the training. And uh, while we while I was there, somebody was speaking about directors of missions for associations in the Southern Baptist Convention and what that role was. But a man was speaking and he said, what we need is we need people that are willing to go and plant churches in hard to plant places. And it was just something that day that just spoke right to my heart that God was showing me that um, I've always been about the work of doing the hard things and, you know, investing my life and being willing to persevere through difficulties and seeing that God has purpose in that. And so I called my wife, Dana, from Nashville, and I said, I think we're supposed to go plant a church in a hard place to plant a church. I'm not sure where that is. But what do you think? And Dana just instantly said, I think you're right. Let's do it. So I never went back to the meeting. I just left. They're probably still looking for me. But I left there, drove back to Memphis, and we immediately began searching where that would be. And I remember Mid-America, Dr. Gray Allison, I took his personal evangelism class, and it had such a huge impact in my life that really, really gave me uh, passion for souls to share my faith and lead people to Jesus. And I remember in that class him talking about how the Northeast was lost and how New York was lost. And, and it just really impacted me. And Bellevue had helped plant a couple churches in New York. And we began to look closer. We found this place on the map called Poughkeepsie and more specifically Arlington, which is in LaGrangeville, New York. And um, it was in this place that when we went to see what it was like, we knew instantly that this was the place that God had for us. And even though I had never planted a church, I'd never pastored a church, I had never done anything like that. I knew how to lay brick, and uh, I could lead a mission team, and I could share my faith. But I knew that whatever God called me to do, that he would equip me and enable me to do whatever it was that I needed and that yes. he would provide for us in whatever way it was. Well, Derek, in comparison, you know, you talk about laying bricks. Bricks are like souls, really, because they <laughs> put them together and it builds this incredible kingdom that yeah. God is seeking. He's One brick at a time. Exactly. Well, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine when you go to an area, I mean, being a Southern boy and going up, oh, yeah. up north, I mean, what were some of the challenges? Wow. It was overwhelming at first because I was a little, you know, there was some timidity and thinking, well, they don't want to talk to a southerner because we talk funny first of all yeah. and when we left here uh, we kind of looked like the beverly hillbillies heading north because it was a pickup <laughs> truck and a trailer and you know pickup truck full of tools and you know it it was different and but what i, I really noticed once we arrived new yorkers get a bad rap uh being uh don't have time for people you know, they, and we have misconceptions here, too. I mean, we think New York, we think of the big city. Yes. But we're not talking big city, no, New York in, City here. 
Yeah, we're north of New York City, but and it's a lot. It reminds me of East Tennessee in a lot of ways. Um, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. The fishing's really good. I'm yeah. not going to kid you there. You know, have you got fly fishing? I have been fly fishing for the last two years, and oh I am hooked. Oh I wish I had done it sooner. I got to come visit you. Well, it is the place to go. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Another show, maybe. <laughs> the fish. The fishing's good, not just trout, but also people. Yeah. So what I noticed about that I thought would be. Uh, a hindrance to us, it, you know, like even our accent stands out. And so every conversation goes something like this. So you're not from around here. Where are you from? And you, and I'll say Memphis. And they'll say, Memphis, what brought you here? And I always get to say, you know, well, we're here planning a church and we get to, it always goes that way. It still does here 10 years later. Wow. You know, I, at times I feel like I've lost my accent, but they quickly remind me that, no, you, you still have your Memphis accent. When you first started talking, when I met you, because we just met just a few moments ago, I picked up a little hint of you being from around the northern area. But as you've been talking, I can – It comes we're, back. We're brothers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, – when I first got there, I needed to find a job. And um, there's a Christian radio network. And can we stop a second because I want our listeners to kind of understand this. I mean, when you talk about planning a church, I mean, you're building from nothing. Right. You don't have an income. You don't have a ministry yet. I mean, you're just starting. You're trying to provide for your family, too. Yeah. yeah. I felt like we were running for our life. You know, we gave up a family business here. We left all our friends, our church, the security of what we had. My kids, my daughter left First Assembly Christian School going into the 11th grade. My son left Nashville in college to come with us pursuing a music career. Dana had a great job at FACS as a marching band director over there, and we loved it here. We loved our church. We loved our family. My business was good. We were able to do whatever we wanted to do. You know, life was good, but we weren't where God wanted us to be, and we knew that there was more for us, and we just weren't comfortable doing what we were doing. So many of us, we want to see the whole picture. You know, mm. there was an unsettling in your spirit. You knew there was something, even though you had everything that anybody could want. I mean, right. you had your own company. Kids were doing well in school. Yeah. Your wife had that job. I mean, as a family, you know, things were going well. But there was something inside that was stirring in your yeah. heart that wasn't right. Many of us, we want to see, okay, I'll step out of my comfort and what I have and that good job and everything. If I can see if I step out into something equally as good or better. Mm -hmm. But when you step out not knowing anything and trusting God that he's leading you to do this. It was a whole new level of faith yeah, for yeah, us. And yeah. we, we didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know anybody in that county. We had only met one person in the entire county. So you weren't working with another church in no, that county? It, no. There, and there was only one other Southern Baptist church in the entire county. And it was a small church. So... But we didn't know exactly where we would be. So we just packed our stuff up. People thought we were crazy. Um, some thought we would fail and be back. And some, you know, it, but I just knew that I knew that I knew that we had to go. And if we had failed in the world's eyes, I knew we would have been a success in God's eyes because we had been obedient to do what he told me to do. Yes. So we went. I didn't. You know, it was kind of a joke at first. Well, we're going to be gone for at least a month. You know, we'd get there and we'd get through a month and, you know, one month went by and 
we, we made it a month. Let's see if we can make it another month, you know. So, <laughs> Let's take it a month but, at a time. Yeah, and so, but as we <laughs> began to work and seek, I mean, it, God met us the second we drove into town and uh, put people in our path and connected us with people. And it wasn't long that we had led our first people to Christ and began a Bible study in our home. And it just, I mean, it's just been uh, a miraculous story of God's provision and, and his grace uh, to see the success in God's eyes of what we've been able to to see him do through yeah through a, a contractor bricklayer that <laughs> really didn't have a clue what was in store. I love it. In what specific ways have you seen God bless and provide beyond your expectations? Oh, there's so many. Because the scripture says he's able to do abundantly more. Above, beyond all we can ask yeah. or think. And, you know, we... You know, from, you know, the obvious ways of financial provision, um, I've had a lot of health issues. Um, about two years ago, I was diagnosed with um, a tumor, a carcinoid tumor in my lung. And uh, they were checking a heart issue I had, found this tumor. Um, it's an um, endocrine system tumor. And uh, they had to go in and remove the lower right lobe of my lung. That was about two years ago in June. And um, they had to do chemo after that. And then things were looking good. And about January of last year, the cancer came back. So we had to go back in the exact same incisions, remove more cancer in my lung. And I went through radiation. And um, during that time, though, what we've seen God do is God has provided for us with my health. Um but even more than that, God has grown our church, and we've seen our church go um, just amazing what God is doing. People are being saved. The church is yes. growing. Yes. We brought in, some may know, Kenneth and Grace Ewalt. I was about to say, I haven't gotten to that part in my notes yet, but Ken Ewalt is my hero. We'll tell a story about Ken off microphone. I want to hear it. But uh, <laughs> I love Ken Ewalt. Well, he came and has been serving as our associate pastor uh, about a year and a half now, and when God, it was just a miracle the way God put us together. And um, but He came at the time as I was in the midst of what I had going on. I couldn't figure out. We were running about 150 people at our church. I was the only guy on staff trying to raise and you know grow leaders, and I needed help. And God, and at this time, were you still working too? No, I had quit working at the okay. radio station. And um, we um, had been working full time at the church. Yeah, you, you mentioned a radio station a moment ago. You didn't tell me what you were doing at the radio station. Oh, so I was um, busy building partnerships with businesses, um, churches, Christian schools. So it was a non-com station? It is. Okay. And so we have 13 stations within our network. And we, what's the name of the network? It's called The Sound of Life. Okay. And soundoflife.org. They go to the same events you guys go to uh in nashville the christian the, the nrb yep. yep and um it's it's an amazing ministry because it's been around there for 32 years wow and i noticed how god has used christian radio to help us plant churches it's softened the people i believe that god used that christian you know radio. i love the analogy too because anytime you're looking at a a military attack usually it's always by air first i call it air support air support you know and i also like to look at radio station as an electronic seed spreader 
for our mm, farmers out there. You're right. Because it, it does. It throws that seed out there in the hearts of men, women, children. Yeah. That's a great. Glad you shared that. Yeah. It's been a huge blessing in my life. And when I quit working there, they asked me to come back and serve as a member of the um, uh, board. About two years ago, I got elected as chairman of the board of directors for the uh, network. So I've been serving in that capacity as a volunteer. And um, we're just seeing God do great things to that ministry. Wow. It's a it's a Christian music, mm-hmm. but it uh, is based more on a local level. So we're able right. to get right on the ground with the churches and, That's awesome. and encourage them. I want to go back to something you said, pressing through difficulties. Mm. And then you talked about this cancer and the reoccurrence of the cancer. I mean, is it worth it? I mean, all that you've been mm. through, is it worth it? Yeah. So I've been preaching through the book of James. If you're familiar, in James one twelve, it says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Crown of life, life is what we get. I think of the eternal life that we're seeing people receive as a result of persevering. I've had thoughts of as I lead this church and go through these trials. My father passed away back in December, been through some hard times. My dad and I were super, super close, had such an impact in my life, my hero. You know, you have these thoughts. I don't want to lead this church into this building program and my health take a turn for the worse. And what happens then? Or leave my mom here and I'm way, way off in this ministry and I can't be here for my family. You know, there's all those thoughts. And and I was like studying for this and putting my sermons together. And in the midst of that, I, you know, God just reached out and said, I want you to persevere right where I've placed you. Do not let up. Do not quit. I didn't call you to quit. I called you to persevere. If you do that, you'll be blessed. And I just felt like that's a message for everybody because we're all going through something. I uh, you know, Dr. Rogers used to say, you're either going into a trial, you're in a trial, or you're coming out of a trial. You're in one of those three places, everybody. Yeah. That's where we live. And, you know, when we're doing God's work, he never promised us a rose garden, did he? He really didn't. You know, what I was thinking about in comparison, oftentimes we, we try to balance, I think, in our life the difference between if I'm really sold out for Christ, if I really take these places of, of faith and, and, and trust him or go out there or hold on to what I have now. And when we hold tight to what we have now, eventually it's going to be like sand going through our fingers. It's going to mm-hmm. just all be dust and nothing. And what's really going to matter is what we do for Christ that's going to last. Right. And it's going to be the most impactful. I mean, the Apostle Paul, I'm sure when he was taking those shipwrecks and beatings and things, I can't imagine. I, no. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. But when we go through these trials, and uh, as you talked about joy, because you usually don't associate joy with trials, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say that the world didn't give me joy, and the world can't take it away. Wow. And so, you know, God, the joy we have comes from the Lord, knowing that we will be complete. And to be complete to me means to be like Jesus. And so I can have joy going through this that God is making me. Um, if I'll allow him to keep the right attitude and keep doing the right things that the benefits are going to be eternal. And so I can keep my joy, you know, even in the tough times of going through surgeries and treatments and, you know, the hard times that we all have to face, you know, and 
So I have joy. I have I'm not lost my joy. Derek, how can uh, our listeners pray for you, your family, and your ministry? Awesome. Yeah, so our church has grown. We meet in an office plaza, and uh, we've had to expand in that space three times. We're out of space. There's no more room to expand. We've been patiently waiting on God to show us where to go next, and we need a permanent place to call home. We're the second Southern Baptist church in this entire county. We're seeing great things. We've already baptized six new believers this year. Uh, Last year, we had about 25 or so. It seems like God just continues to bring new believers, and we just need a permanent place to call home. About two weeks ago, we found some land, about 15 acres, sitting at a major crossroads in our county, right in the heart of it. We are trying to go through the process of buying this. But to get it approved for the county to let us build a church on it, it's difficult. So we need people praying that God will uh, show favor on us as we go through this process, be able to uh, afford to build this thing and to get it up and a presence there for for Jesus in a community that completely needs Christ. Um, We're less than 4% evangelical. It's in the area of the least Bible-minded communities in our country. Albany is the first least Bible-minded area in our country, which is just less than an hour away. Our community sits between New York City and Albany. And think about the politicians and what you hear in the news today. We're right in the heart of Chuck Schumer and Gillibrand and AOC and all those people, and we're there trying to proclaim the gospel. So we need people praying that we can have a presence there. Yes. Derek, this has been great. I appreciate such on a last minute notice that you're willing to come. Thank you for letting me come. And share. Hey, listen, you got an open microphone here, especially since you're from the South. You're a fellow radio brother. So, I mean, <laughs> I've got to let you come on anytime you're in town. So, anytime you're back, I'd love to have next time if Dana's in, you would, know, with you, we can do it together. I would love that. That'd be awesome. She's, yeah. she's been the the backbone of everything we do. I a guy, I so outpunted my coverage when I got her, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and she has been amazing uh, to support. You know, to give up what she gave up to go do what we're doing. Wow! You know, she she is such a an amazing lady. Wow! And I'm gifted and blessed to have her. I know you are. Well, that's really all the time we have today on this program. If folks want to keep up with your ministry, to know what's going on, uh, pray for you. Details? What can they do? Um, well, our website is livingwater, the number four in the letter U, dot org, livingwater4u.org. Or they could email me at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at livingwater4u.org. Okay, good word. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom. Thanks for sharing with our Bot Radio Network family today. God bless you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I do appreciate you stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.